Welcome to Encounter Grace, where we come face to face with God's work in the world for our good. Join host Jason McKnight as we explore practical issues of community, theology, and leadership in everyday life. Hey, welcome to Encounter Grace. We're glad you're here. Whether you're uh, one of the family, one of the community that listens all the time, or are just jumping in for these election specials, I'm glad you're here. My name's Jason McKnight, and we are pretty excited that we have a mayoral uh, vote in a few weeks' time here in K-Town. we got four great people running for mayor, and we've had all four of them been able to come and converse with us, and so you can watch all of the episodes. And the reason we do this is so that we can get the message out of the people who are running and so that we as citizens are able to think and compare and know what folks are about. So today I'm super pumped that we have Zach Holcomb with us. Zach, thanks for coming. Absolutely, man. Thank you. Appreciate I mean, the opportunity. Yeah, man. I mean, I know you're, um, you're pretty busy. <laughs> a little bit. A little but, bit. but I'm glad that you made the time to come in. And we're going we're, to, listen, we're going to ask the same set of questions that I've asked everyone else and um, some softball, personal kind of who you are. And then let's just talk a couple of the issues that are coming. And it's not hardball. It's just issues. So let me ask you this just straight up uh, bumper sticker. Why are you running for mayor? Well, I'm really just running for mayor because I'm super excited to, I want to like bring a business perspective to the town and the town issues, and then also kind of be the out in front face that's kind of like promoting the city and finding the other businesses and people to kind of move here. So I kind of already fit the role. Like I'm I kind of just, I naturally do that with wherever I live because it's just a pride in where I reside. But um, to kind of have an opportunity to do so in a more formal role, I think would be really fun. Um, and being someone that moved a family here and br brought other family members along and then doing business here and stuff like that, I kind of offer that unique perspective of being able to opinionate that to someone coming in fresh. So, mm. Well, tell me about that. How long have you lived here? Where'd you move from? And what's the best thing about living here? Oh, for sure. Well, the best thing for sure is the weather because I come from <laughs> Columbus, Ohio. So we'll preface <laughs> it all with that. But um, yeah, I'm from Columbus, Ohio. I'm 33. So I lived there for 31 years and then came down here 30, 31, something like that. You start not Love counting it. after 29. It's true. It's I'm true. Just, I've had a couple of 29 birthdays. Yep. But uh, we've been down here for two years. Um, really like it. Um, we live in the, you know, right down the street from you guys there. Yeah. I love the neighborhood. It's, yes. it's super cool. Great neighborhood. Uh, it really is. It's so, it's such a, like a, it's a little treasure there for sure. But mm -hmm. the, uh, we're doing the building downtown and kind of going to move to the downtown loft space here eventually. But nice. yeah, so kind of came down here to launch the business and then we've kind of just spent a lot of time uh, in the town. So I kind of, I really, the, not having traffic, knowing a lot of people, <laughs> being able to see people across the street or driving mm -hmm. through and waving at them, like super Super cool. I like that a lot. It is super cool. I, I mean, I love this town. Um, what's your day job? So my day job is I'm the CEO of Additive America, which is a 3D printing or additive manufacturing company. Mm -hmm. So we offer like industrial solutions to companies that have supply chain issues and things like that, or they want to prototype new products, all that kind of stuff. So we can make molded type par uh, plastic parts without the time to make the mold. So Right. It's right. a little pricey, but it works. Yeah. But 3D printing. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. It's amazing. What do you love to do in your downtime? Downtime, just hanging out. I'm kind of become like a little bit into pinball lately. So, oh wow, <laughs> yeah, weird, weird side skill. I don't know. I, I like pinball because it's kind of like it's like programming and technology too. Like you're playing the game and there's circuitry to it, and there's like there's a knack in how you play it, and it's all strategic. I just love games and things like that. If I'm doing something that's not working related or like hanging out, it's got to be something that's like mind, mind. 
I mean, I would think really. running a city is like a pinball. Yeah, it is. Well, there's so many moving, there's so many yeah. variables. Which you got me thinking exciting. here. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, so, okay, let's go from personal into some of the stuff that's facing us. Uh, wave a magic wand. Pretend you have a magic wand. Wave it. What is the one problem if you could solve today in K-Town you oh, get rid of? Huge problem, biggest thing. It's just really is overall infrastructure, which is a fancy word that a lot of people like to smear all over things. But I think it's, it's largely just getting the folks that live here into kind of the mindset through education and through some of the ways that we're building the city up. Um, internet accessibility, electricity, things like that. And then the education of folks being ready to take on tech jobs. I think like largely what's coming to this area is we had the exodus of things that happened when I didn't live here, mm -hmm. but there's a large amount of people that are gonna come into these voids uh, rurally with what's going on. We're already seeing it of uh, bringing tech jobs to rural areas where they can move in, where mm -hmm. the economies are a little bit depressed. So you get a little bit more for your money. It's right. very similar to what we did. We were able to come in we were able to close out in a big city with a house, which, you know, you're able to bring a little equity here. Yep. And that's what we're seeing in the real estate market. People are bringing equity, which is outside money into the county, which is new tax dollars. And those are the things that we can use to kind of help provide the influx in infrastructure that we need there. So. Mm -hmm. so the next mayor should focus on several key things. Tell me the three that you would focus on first. Three, three big ones, um, getting internet accessibility for everyone in town, not just the people that can afford to buy it. Um, I think if we could somehow find a way to bring it in and that's something that every household is, a, is able to access, that's huge because now everyone has the ability to learn things on the internet and access the e-commerce and they can change the entire trajectory of their life or their mm -hmm. family's life with that skill. Another one I think is the, you know, obviously people like to bag on the roads. I'm not so big on thinking the roads are really a negative thing, but it's just finding ways that we can maybe find areas to build up some new housing and new housing will help us bring in new tax dollars, new families and things like that. So I think some of some finding some creative ways to work with some private investors to come in and redevelop some land that's out of flood zones, obviously, right. but stuff so that we can start building in the city, some fresh homes that'll bring in some fresh tenants, maybe some townhome style living stuff that will bring the youth in. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's another big thing. The other one is just bringing businesses. We got to be, we need a mayor that's actively pursuing businesses and new businesses and telling them why they should be moving their business to Kinston because that brings not only tax dollars from the businesses, but it also employs the people that live here. And then, oh yeah, we get their tax dollars too. And that's how we can, Right now we have yeah. tax dollars to fix roads. And so if you put other things in, in front that are more core building blocks, we get to the, the things that are the more, the things that you hear about, uh, the common complaints can be taken care of. But those I think are the building blocks to getting there. That's great. Um, that, that's fun. Let me, let me leave Kinston for a minute and think of how we see the world, how you look at the world. A lot of people, uh, talk in terms of seeing the world through a set of glasses mm -hmm. and some people call that a worldview, uh, but it's just basically how you grid reality. If you had to kind of share with us your worldview, how you see reality. Yeah. What do you say? I think we're just, we're kind of at a crossroads right now in society of like whether we have a lot of free choice or we don't have a lot of free choice. And I think there's ways where it's kind of being positioned in certain ways where it makes people feel bad and guilty into doing things that they might not want to do. And so I just think that we're at a very interesting crossroads there um, at a, it's, it's cities, it's states, it's the country, it's the world. It, we're all kind of going through it. Um, and I'm a big, I'm a big fan of the freedom to make your own choices and um, lacking. Uh, I'm not so strong in the mandate world and that you have to do this um, regardless for the greater of mankind. I like more of the freedom of choice thing. So I think it kind of gives you a little 
idea of what I'm, how I view it. Yeah, I love it. Um, I mean, thank you for sharing. Uh, w- w- back to Kinston, we're in Lenore County. Talk to me about what you see the relationship between the city government and the county government should be. Oh, I think that's very important. Like, so the city and the, there's a lot of crossover there. And I think that over time, just from what I've seen, just looking from the outside in is there's a lot of crossover. And so there's a lot of gaps in responsibility. And I'm not pointing fingers at anyone for not having that, but it seems like there's some things that are overworked and some things that are underworked because of that. Hmm. I think that the way that we've kind of seen the counties work together in the economic development just here recently with the Transpark is really important because it kind of is showing a changing of the mindset of how we can work together and I think the more that the city and the county uh, can work together there and they there's great people like uh, I love a lot of the commissioners uh, county manager very very awesome folks they work very well together but I think continuing that uh, synchronicity that they've kind of built so far and then expanding it to kind of the multiple counties and the GTP I think the GTP is a huge I know people have said it's oh they've heard that for 25 years but like it's coming mm. and if we don't think that Amazon and large distribution and logistic uh, logistic companies are coming out here it's going to happen and are we going to be ready for it? Are they going to be the jobs filled by Kinstonians? Or are they going to be jobs filled by surrounding county residents? So that's kind of where we've got to be prepared. What is the proper role for government in society? I think for me, like personally, my opinion is uh, support and provide a place where everyone can make their choices and then uh, have the life that they want. Um, so a little bit, you know, not so much of the telling us all how we have to do things and this is the way it's going to be, but setting up a framework where, where folks can, um, you know, do what they want to do without harming other people. And they all can, you know, everyone can kind of lead the life they want to live. Yeah. Thank you. Um, all right. What political party are you affiliated with? So I'm actually a straight down the middle independent. So straight down the middle. So you get arrows from both sides. Yeah, a little (laughs) bit. Yeah. Which is cool, which I don't know, like usually in life I operate in the, you know, I don't like to be in the 80%. I like to be in the 20, like 10 out here, 10 out there because it's, it's, it helps with marketing or things like that. Like, you know, to be kind of polarizing or to elicit a response. But yeah, in terms of like the, you know, I've got some funny joking sayings about it, but like in general, I just want to be able to do, um, I kind of put the social things to the side. And for me, it's creating the infrastructure and the the society in which we can all do whatever we want to do. So if I'm liberal, why should I vote for you? And if I'm conservative, why should I vote for you? Well, if you're liberal and why you should vote for me is because I actually, you know, I think a lot of the, uh, the folks in the areas where we don't have a lot of the Internet, access to the Internet, and I think that that's a problem. I think that folks not having access... The fact that our kids can get on the internet right now with a switch and they can access YouTube and learn so much about anything they want and some kids that don't have the ability just because it's not available to them, that is the biggest problem I think right now in society in our country is that's such a wide gap of upbringing and knowledge and access to knowledge. So for me, I think that like a kind of a liberal stance I have is like I think that everyone should have free high-speed internet in their house. It's kind of like water and electricity at this point. Mm from the from the complete other side i'm business perspective mindset and i think that providing an environment where businesses are free to make their own choices it allows them to be more successful which allows them to employ more people which adds to the tax base which uh, reduces the burden on the government itself through subsidy programs and things like that so it's a way to help the people in a town or a state or you know wherever Mm -hmm. actually become more self-sufficient and that's the goal we don't want to be 
a society where we're sufficient on the government for everything that we need. We want to be self-sufficient. That's the point. So, That's great. So in the last year, over the last 15, 18 months, we've heard a lot um, statements like this. Uh, the system is racist or there's systemic racism. Where is that true and where is it disingenuous or over the line? Like help us navigate that. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a sticky subject and it's definitely one where, you know, it's a it's a response eliciting question for sure. I think in some um, coming from where I came from, I early on wasn't really didn't really see a lot of it. And then living here for two years, I've definitely seen some things where it's like, like you, there's some areas. I mean, we, we drive around, we, we go around and it's some, some stuff where you're like, that's, that doesn't seem right, right there. Mm-hmm. It's where I go back on the internet thing. That should be, it, it should be a thing that everyone sure. has the ability to get to. And if you can, it allows you to see anything. And I don't know, I, I'm kind of big on that. I didn't have like a lot of handouts, didn't have a lot of gimmies. Um, went to went to school, kind of just figured stuff out. Didn't go to college, have no college experience at all. Just kind of went in, started working, and figured it out. But I learned a lot of random stuff on YouTube, and I learned a lot of how to go to garage sales and thrift stores and buy things and sell them on eBay. And I built an eBay store, so I was able to create money for myself that was outside of other people. That is something where you can get out of those situations. Um, that you're in it's you're not trapped in your situation because you're stuck there if you have the ability to get on the internet and do that thing you can fight right through that stuff so sometimes it's better paying than jobs actually i've had employees <laughs> where i've looked at them but like you know you can you can make more if you just went yeah. garage sailing on saturdays <laughs> anyhow that's funny um i see a lot of help wanted signs now i've lived here 18 years but it's in okay. the last three or four years help wanted signs are everywhere uh in fact i saw on facebook last week um, Sanderson Farms, and if I did the numbers right, Sanderson's Farm will pay me thirty-seven thousand dollars with no education and no training. They will, they will train me plus benefits. I mean, the economy is trying to go, so yep. grow, and that's on one hand. On the other hand, uh, we have a lot of folks in town and in our area who are struggling living on social assistance, which social assistance I think is is great in a crisis, but for long-term human flourishing, I'm not sure it's helpful. So here's the question: How do you, as the mayor, help us? go from people on social assistance to these people in, in great paying jobs. Yeah, I think that, again, it goes right back to where I'm at on the, the education, the access to the access to knowledge and, and technology on the Internet. The more that we can get folks trained up and mm-hmm. just more or less aware. Um, just something that recently we, we've had the scooters come to town and you've got the you've got it's all through an app. It seems very straightforward. But there's a lot of folks where you kind of you got to explain that there's a thing on their phone and they can get an app and then they can link the payment through Google Pay or Apple Pay. And it's not just it's not because people are dumb. Right. They're smart people. They just don't know about it. They're in an area where there's not a lot of technology knowledge. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where as a city we kind of owe it to be like, hey, there's people here that know tech. There's some IT, mm-hmm. very bright IT minds in town. I mean, we do 3D printing for crying out loud. You guys yeah. are doing a podcast. This is sweet. <laughs> I mean, we know there's people here that know tech. We need to share that with mm-hmm. the people that maybe don't. And that's how you're going to be able to get you. to fill those jobs, I think, because they're what are they running in those things? I mean, they're not they're running technology. They're running machines. Right. They're running robots. Right. They're running. Put your two hands on these green buttons, and then it does the thing. And then you, mm-hmm. there's education for that. I think the LCC yeah. and the 
the AAMC, like their advanced manufacturing and aerospace uh, center out there is a tremendously awesome and underutilized thing in our area. Mm. Like knowing what I know about industry and going there and seeing um, kind of what they've got going on, the they teach robotics, pneumatics, uh, CNC machining. I mean, wow. CNC machinists make 25 to $35 an hour to start. And they could probably work 55 hours a week if they wanted to and make the time and a half or right. the two time. Yep. Those are crazy jobs. And you can go for job. free. I know. I'm like, <laughs> let me do the math here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. I told my kids, my daughters, I'm like, they're like, what do you think we should do in school? So I send them to CSS, Continuous Savannah, because yep. they've got like the little STEM program. So it's kind yep. of, they're techie. They want to, my one daughter wants to be a gamer and YouTuber. So she's, she would be in heaven in here. And, but they're kind of into that stuff. So we're kind of sending them there and getting that and then their plan is to go to the AAMC and kind of do that program as they finish up school and, and do that. But those manufacturing jobs I think is where it's at. It's it's coming back. Yeah. And that's what's moving in. The last five years, maybe before you were here, uh, we've had two major floods, Matthew, Florence, mm-hmm. uh, and um, we've been people have been thinking and trying. What do you think we do about it? Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm definitely not the best answer in person on the floods because I wasn't here for either of them. But um, I think largely it would be, it's more of a state level. I think that we need, I, and I'm not a state representative by any means, but you know, I'm sure that they're working on these things in the background. But in Ohio, where we come from, they we've got we've got reservoirs and and dams all over the place to kind of take care of that. And it was a big problem in Ohio and Columbus when I, you know, not when I lived there, but early 1900s. I mean, they had a river that just flooded out half the city. I mean, repeatedly. And so kind of seeing how they use levees and walls and things that allow the city, they put a lot of them up where the city is able to function when it gets hairy, they can put a couple of things into motion. So I I don't know the geography or or all that well enough to know where those places might be, but I think like dredging reservoirs upstream and actually using civil engineering to like manage that a little bit better. uh, There's gotta be a way to prevent it, but I think it's a larger issue than, than the city of Kinston. It's good. When, okay. So you win the election. Last question. You win the election. You're excited. You're going to City Hall the next day or whenever you're inaugurated. I don't even know. I, but uh, you, you, everybody's there. They're saying, hey, hey, hey. And then you finally get into the mayor's office. You close the door. What's the first phone call you make? Oh, this is people will love or hate this. First call is to a uh, Six Sigma to come in and basically audit the entire books of the entire town. I want to know what's been going on. I want to know what employees do. I want to know where we can be more efficient. And I don't want to remove employees, but I want to implement systems that make us more efficient and bring us up to the current speed of the way a town and a way a business should be run. Because a town is a business. It brings in revenue. It puts it out. It takes bids. It, it pays purchase orders. It's business. And it's not being run like a business from the way that I've seen it in my time here. And I've, I watch a lot of council meetings. I look at the budgets and I've heard things like I paid that because it came across my jet, my desk and I pay bills when they come in and we didn't even have a vote on it. That's crazy. That is crazy. And I think that coming in, the first thing I would do is audit all of it and see where we are and what we have. And I think I offer a unique perspective to be able to do that because I don't have any family members and I don't have any friends, family. I don't have any of like that, that are deeply ingrained in the way that things have been run here recently or over the last 10, 20, 30 years. So I 
have no bias to hide or cover up anything, but I think that it would be very important to see what's actually been going on and ways that we can make it more efficient moving forward. That's what's got to happen. That's a good first call. Well, Zach, I know you're pretty busy. Thank you for joining us today. And uh, we really, really appreciate it. And everybody, thank you for being part of this. Um, Listen, watch all four of them, share them with friends, get the word out, let folks know who's running. I mean, four great people who love their town, uh, but each of them with a little bit of a different perspective. And that's what we want. And we want want to see uh, what everyone's saying. And you can check out the other episodes of Encounter Grace. They're not all political. You can, we'd love for you to dip into the whole pool and see what you like. Uh, But we really just try to help folks see God's work in the world for our good. So thanks for joining us today. And Zach, again, thank you for being here. For sure. Thank you. Appreciate it again. All right. Take care. This is a ministry of Grace Fellowship Church in Kinston, North Carolina. Visit gracekinston.org or follow us on Facebook and Instagram.